all the way from beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, by way of Sacramento, California, this is Kings in the North Podcast. And now, the starting two for your listening pleasure. Standing six feet four inches tall at a Jesuit high school, the half-Greek freak, Nick Economy. And standing six feet tall out of McClatchy High School, Big Baller Ben. Kings of the North Podcast is sponsored by Cash Considerations. For donations, hit up our Patreon. Welcome back to Sack Kings in the North Podcast, the only sports talk show backed by four out of five dentists. Uh, we are 50 games into the NBA season. Your Sacramento Kings are 500. So this week we'll be looking back at the previous four games. We'll also be looking ahead uh, at the next two games. And we'll also be uh, giving you some fun little segments this week, so stick around. Also, if you like what you're hearing, uh, let us know. Email us at kingsinthenorthpod at gmail.com. Leave us a rating and review on Apple uh, Podcasts. And if you if you have some friends, some Kings fans who aren't tuning in weekly, hit them up. Give them the podcast and make them listen to it. Time down and make them listen to it. Now let's, uh, let's look back. So Monday was Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And we were in Brooklyn seeing the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, it definitely didn't go well. Uh, <laughs> it, it started out pretty promising. We were up at half, and the classic Kings second half slump hit us, and we ended up putting up 34 points in the whole second half. Yeah, this was uh, a, a really terrible fourth quarter performance. Um, yeah. We had two points, count them, two points in the final seven-plus minutes. Yeah, and I mean, in the fourth quarter, we, we were in single digits. Yeah. So it's uh, not not the way to go out of a game at all, especially in one that you're competing in and against probably one of the hottest teams yeah, definitely. Of, of the last calendar month. Um, They're actually, uh, they have a better record through the last 25 games by a single game uh, compared to the Golden State Warriors, which, as we know, is uh, the, the benchmark that everyone is uh, trying to surpass. And they have the best record out of the last 25 games. It, than, better than any team in the NBA. So, um, yeah, it, it's definitely not one that, you, you, especially seeing how close it was through basically three quarters, uh, it, it's definitely not the result that, that you're looking for. Um, but, yeah, and what, what did you think about the scores? Yeah, um, the scores didn't show up uh, at all. There was uh, another game... Um, Offensively under 100 points, which you know today's NBA is pretty unacceptable as as far as uh, you know well, looking to win, and and also uh, another game of giving up more than 120. So I mean, other than the uh, the plus minus, this this one just you know left a real bad taste in your mouth. Yeah, I mean it was a cold night for Buddy, who who we've kind of relied on pretty heavily. Throughout this road trip, he did shoot fifty um, percent from three, but it, it was very lacking uh, with uh, his field goal percentage um, from I mean, two. I just don't think he took that many shots. I mean, from three at least, which is what he's what he's best at. He's three though, for six, good enough. That's that's not too bad. That's about average. But you know, for for the for for overall, just a really disappointing game. Here's a, a little question for you, knowing little revisionists history. Thinking back, knowing that we could have rested a bunch of guys against the Nets, and then the the guys that we rested ultimately against the Raptors, and then had them play the second night instead of the first night, would you have rather done that, um, seeing that the Raptors game was actually very stealable? Yeah, I think, well, it's just kind of, it's a good question. I think coming into this season, I would have said... It's one or the other. Yeah. But I think this year, both of these games were easily winnable mm-hmm. with the roster we have, especially with, um, we'll get into it in a second, but with the second game, I think there was points in that game where I, I you know, all we needed was, you know, the full roster. Yeah. And, but back to Brooklyn, I think what really hurt us was uh, the, well, I mean, just defensively, that's been a, a, a point of... Uh, What's the word? 
emphasis. Yeah, ex- yeah. Ex- exactly. It's we're terrible. Yeah, like, there's no two ways around it. Definitely something that that needs to be improved. I think it's like it's basically just a sieve. Yeah, it's anyone can get anywhere on the court at any time, mm-hmm. and that's that can't happen. I mean, if you're trying to win basketball games, the the movement off the ball, as we know, is just as important as the 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 on the ball movement. And I think stopping. I mean, it's hard with this stupid freedom of movement nonsense. But putting your hip into someone to push them off their spot shouldn't, you know, get you a foul or, every every possession. Or even just contesting shots around the rim. I mean, I, I don't know what the, the numbers are looking like, but just the eye test says, like, the, 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 the number of layups and dunks that just go uncontested is, is probably a lot higher than most other teams. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely something, I mean, with... Our double jump god, Marvin Bagley third. Yeah, you're hoping that that can improve in the future. Um, right now, it's definitely not where we want it to be. I think the one thing this game that I don't know if it swung the game, but it was just the play of Iman Shumpert. Yeah, and the play of Bogdan Bogdanovich. Iman. Was I don't you know his personal life? You have no idea what's going this on. This was one the the allegations really swirled around. Yeah, there's on. some class act, not a class action. There's some libel lawsuit. Yeah, so some slander. So Iman went out there, shot over three from three, one for ten from the field, had a plus minus of negative twenty five, and put up four points while playing thirty two minutes. Um, and so I was talking to someone, and we didn't. It, this was just frustrating because. It's not even like we got to utilize any garbage time. Yeah. We were in the game. We just couldn't put ball and hoop yeah, the I last mean, seven minutes, and they really just pulled away. Yeah, it wasn't... It's not as... as the, the, the margin of victory isn't as wide as the score shows. Yeah, correct. It was definitely a closer game than the score would have you think, but uh, really just a frustrating loss overall, especially just because we were up at half. Yeah, and so this is a... a a good last point, if you have anything else, you know, speak now, forever hold peace, but uh, De'Aaron Fox in this game, um, 4 for 14 from the field, 9 points, and, I mean, the the turnover to assist ratio isn't terrible, but it's not great either. Yeah. Um, so I think this was a game... Where we kind of just looked at De'Aaron and said, "This guy's kind of, uh, kind of burnt out." Yeah, and I mean, it's not like you you couldn't see it going into this one. He he plays on average thirty two minutes a night, and in those minutes, he's sprinting thirty two out of thirty two minutes. Yeah, he doesn't take plays off offensively or defensively. So you could see how a guy, especially a second year guy like De'Aaron, who hasn't been in the NBA meal and and weight programs for as long, um, will get burnt out. And it, it, I think it was a good thing that they did rest him for the night um, against the Raptors. But, yeah, it's definitely something we need to monitor, especially with just the youth in our team. Um, let's let's move on to that Raptors game. In this game, it saw Shumpert, Bielitsa, and De'Aaron Fox sit out. And so we mainly relied on... Buddy and uh, Bogey. Uh, another one that really didn't fall our way. There were stretches in this game where we could have, you know, if we if we had like one or two momentum buckets, um, could have really just put the game away. I, we we were probably down four or five points, and there was a huge stretch of like two minutes where neither team scored, mm-hmm. and that that was an opportunity for the Kings to really steal this one. In Toronto, something that we haven't done for a couple of years, and it's it's a relatively hard task in the NBA to go to Toronto and win. But uh, overall, just a, another frustrating loss, and uh, kind of one, especially because on their end, the Raptors didn't play Kawhi or uh, Jonas Valanciunas, who's been injured for a while. So really, a winnable game, really a frustrating loss. Uh, especially, yeah, yeah I, I think. Toronto's thing is they're they're such a deep squad, and their bench has been struggling recently. But that's what I was just gonna say. With as like this game really looked like without Kawhi, like you said, without Jonas Valanciunas due to injury, yeah. it, it doesn't look as deep. No, at all. No, it doesn't. I mean, 
they have Pascal Siakam, who's really stepped up large this season. They have Danny Green starting for them. And Kyle Lowry's been in a huge slump. One of the biggest slumps in the league. Dude, that dude's... Honestly, I think he's washed. I think he's, he, he's got to be say, out of the league. He's 34, which is kind of nuts. No, I was going to say, I think he's past his... Yeah, you can thank LeBron James for keeping him out of the... the uh, Finals for yeah. sure, but I think he's past his. Uh, I mean, they're not making it this year. Agreed. I think yeah. He's, so he's yeah he's past his prime. Anyway, plus he's never fun to watch anyway. He um, just shrink in the playoffs. But Fred, honestly, Fred Van Fleet, yeah, dude's raw. Dude's dude's always been great. He's he's kind of been that uh, a six man of the year candidate last year. Pretty solid overall contributor in every game. Um, the, I, the question is. Could he take a starting role? And I don't think he's ready to be the, the starting point guard of that team. So no. I think they have to ride Kyle Lowry for a while. Anyway, uh, from King's News Watch, Malachi Richardson, who we traded last year to the Raptors, uh, it logged a single minute mm-hmm. against us. Uh, Nothing on the, the stat sheet except for a negative two and plus minus. Yeah, kind of a weird trade last year. Traded him for Bruno Caboclo. Uh, both players... Don't really have a place in the league anymore. Yeah, and it's just sad because Malachi like single handedly took Syracuse to the Final Four. So yeah, and like... and after the Demarcus trade, he was he had a huge impact on the Kings. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's really interesting to see him drop off like he has. So yeah, anything else you want to talk about with this one? Yeah, just one more thing. So if you take off Ben McLemore's ten points because I hate him, we were pretty comparable as far as players in double digits. Mm-hmm. We each had six players in double digits, which is, like, fairly solid. And we're, we're going to come out and give Marvin Bagley credit where credit's due. Really a huge game. Shot 50% from the field and had 22 points. First ever start. Correct. 22 points, 11 rebounds, two blocks, assist, uh, one assist, one steal, and only two turnovers, which is something that... Is kind of plagues him. The thing mm-hmm. that, that Marvin Bagley like, it's not necessarily like turnovers. Yeah, it's like the the it's an assisted turnover is kind of what I like to call it. It happened in a couple games this week where Marvin will grab the rebound, bring the ball up the court, not necessarily you know in that point forward role, mm-hmm. but then just make a terrible pass like a hospital pass mm-hmm. that it, it sets up you know like. It happened a couple times to Buddy, um, where it just it's like set up for failure. I think we can get into this a little later, but I was reading uh, the classic YouTube comments on a video about Buddy Heald. Just, Brave man. Yeah, and it was just it started talking about Marvin Bagley, and I think this was like a good um, representation of his season so mm-hmm. far. Is that he's he's almost blessed with like too many tools. Yeah. So none of none of his games is even at fifty percent, but he has like so many options. He's not terrible from three. I wouldn't ever like to see him shoot a three. Yeah, I mean, I I don't mind watching him pull up in the corner. Yeah, I think. But outside of that, he really does need that's something for him to work on this off season yeah, before th- he puts it in. Just a completely agree. I just think just to finish this point, it was basically just that for someone who has so many, like I said, tools offensively, It's you can just really tell that the one thing he needs to work on is just is something that only kind of gets better with time, and that's just mm. decision-making. Yeah, exactly. Because, that's, just an, that's an age thing. Yeah, I completely agree. Another thing I read is is technically Bagley should be a still a freshman at college yeah. because he skipped his senior season. Yeah, he... he, he uh, of high school. He, he did... Re redeclare or something, whatever it's called, yeah. to be a year earlier into the NBA, uh, so which is, is something that has slipped my notice. Yeah, he is still younger. He isn't that much younger. It's not like he's eighteen years. Yeah, it's old not an age league. thing. It's just an experience thing, and yeah. it really shows. Yeah. Um, I think to finish this point with the Raptors is that the dude he was clamoring to start all the social media nonsense. All the fans of the team. Why did we even draft this guy? He. He uh he logged 38 minutes, shot 50% from the field, and had a really solid double-double. So, a hats off, uh, a solid 
It was a pat on the back for Marvin Bagley III for myself, something that is few and far between. Um, yeah, wasn't, um, wasn't, uh, didn't, didn't contribute enough, obviously. But that was something was a, that... It was, was a good, I mean, a good starting point. Yeah, a great for, for first career start, and pretty promising uh, if he were to become the starter in the future. Which is something we will talk about later in this episode. We'll come back to that. Uh, before we get, get there, let's talk about Friday's win over Memphis. Um, a team that we've seen quite a few times this season. Uh, this was a win we had to have. It really was. It's if Memphis it, sucks. Memphis has really been slumping recently, and they they also I mean we we beat them at home. They beat us in Memphis. I think we beat them at home the third time, and this gives us the season series by winning at, at their home court. And it's something that we've really struggled with all year, going into opponents' buildings and playing well. Often attributed to to young players. Very possibly. But I think this this win kind of showed us we aren't trending to be the worst team in the league. And we're, we're, we're on pace to do what kind of we're, our mid-season expectation is. To, to go in the mid-30s for wins. Be maybe in the playoff hunt for a little bit longer. And who knows after the, All- or, yeah, after the All-Star break. But this, this win kind of confirms all of those thoughts. A hundred percent. That's a great way to put it because what I was thinking is, you know, through thirty games or let's say twenty five, mm-hmm. both of these teams were they were it was similar. It yeah, was like right both both in playoff hunt, both hovering around that eight seed. It was yeah, it was they have they're obviously a little more uh, skewed on the vet end, but we have mm-hmm. we have vets as well. So it was lots of young guys, lots of vets, and, and they the, have one guy named Slow Mo. That's so. true. And, and it was, you know, through 20, 25 games, it was like, all right, who's going to, you know, come out, you know, leader of the pack as far as, uh, lo- you know, lottery picks mm-hmm. from last year. Leader leader of the pack for who, where, where the Celtics are going to fall with their lottery picks. 100%. They also have their pick top 10 protected. Yeah. So this this was a good, a good one to, like you said, just to show that we are trending in the positive direction, while as... They are they are not so much, and from that the uh, the trade talks have been opened. Yeah, for Mike Conley and Marcus All. According to Adrian Wojnarowski, I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Yeah, Wojnarowski. also known as Woj, uh, or Woj, either one. But tomato, tomato. He they they've talked about uh, possibly being sellers at this trade deadline coming up in about a week and a half. Um, right February seventh. Is it really? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so about right, right about a week and a half. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, that, that'll be something to follow. Um, on the stats end... This game was such a welcome sight. I'm sorry to interrupt. I was just like, this was such a welcome sight for Nemanja Bielitsa. Yeah, really really kind of a resurgent game. And another guy that I think the rest really helped. Yeah. He, dude was 4 for 4 from 3. Shot 60% from the field. Had 17 points. Mm-hmm. And 11 boards was huge on the glass for us. A plus minus of plus nine, which uh, I believe was, yeah, the best uh, the best on the team at, at that given day. And I was, I was really happy for him, obviously. I mean, the dude in the first 15, 20 games was lights out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really solid defender. We'll get into that in a second. You know, he, he looks kind of slow and lethargic, but... Dude bangs bodies. Like he gets the job done. It. He's a savvy vet when it comes to steals. Um, the the rest the night before against uh, Toronto, I think really helped as this was the first game that he played over thirty minutes since facing the Warriors in early January. So about two, just over two weeks. Um, yeah, really interesting to see from him. I think moving on from uh, to his fellow countrymen. Bogdan, this was a real interesting game because normally when uh, when Bogey is kind of slumping, you know, shooting, which has you know, happened, a, a, I wouldn't say a decent amount, but it's been an up and down season as far as field goal percentage for Bogey. He always finds a way to get get into the game, you know, posting up, getting other people involved, but a real quiet night for him, as well as from Iman Shumper. 28 minutes, 0 for 6. 0 for 5 from 3. I think that is... 
I mean, I don't think I know. That is why this was, we only won by three. If yeah. either of those guys would have put any sort of work in, not mm-hmm. work, any sort of, uh, if either of those guys would have put ball in hoop, you know, this would have been a 15, 20 point win. I mean, Memphis, they wanted to lose this game. There was yeah, over, overall, if you just look at it, uh, we're, we're way under our season average of field goal percentage. We we shot f- f- uh, 40% from the field, 36% from three, which is both below team averages. And we also only had 91 shots attempted, yeah. which is way below. We're, we're, clo- we're averaging closer to 9,900 plus per game. You can kind of attribute that to Memphis, but it's also just the fact that we play. It's like we we almost play down to the competition as yeah. far as pace. Yeah, we, and we also the, turn the ball over almost twenty times. Yeah, there's so. no. But also, also, we give a huge shout out to Deer and Fox. Yeah. So, you know, earlier in the uh, last week's episode, we said Bogdan's had a game winner, Buddy's had a game winner, where you know where's Fox's game winner? So it was last year in Miami, which was the it was one year. On the to the day of, of this game. Oh. And what did De'Aaron Fox come out and do? On the road, effectively a game winner. Just ice the game. Hit a dagger, shut the fans up. Which, in my opinion, is just as big to uh, the second year guard's psyche mm-hmm. as hitting a game winner. Because Mike Conley was all over De'Aaron on that final possession. I don't know how De'Aaron created any sort of space. Yeah, um, it was nuts. I was, they, I forget where I saw. It. I think it was on Instagram today. The Kings posted that play from sl- in slow mo, mm-hmm. and just the footwork that De'Aaron shows there is, is unmatched. That's that's the biggest reason he's looking like James Harden out there with that footwork, that step back. Um, really, just a beautiful play, a great game winner, and hopefully we'll see more of that as the season continues and as his career goes on. There's there's no reason to. to you know why not? The, the guy's amazing. I mean, honestly, and I think if he really commits to the shot selection, mm-hmm. that's like the one thing. There's no reason why he can't be shooting thirty-five percent from three. Yeah, it's just the shot selection is not always that great, and I think and that that'll just come with better teammates yeah. and more experience and all these things that come with. You know, but age. right right now, as you know, as far as teammates go, the best one he's got is Buddy Heald, backcourt mate. Mm-hmm. Buddy had a great game, really kind of uh, kept us in this one when we weren't, you know, didn't have anyone to go to. Mm-hmm. Buddy was uh, especially that third quarter surge exactly. that he had it was six for nine from three, fifty percent from the field, had mm-hmm. twenty six points, led the team. We had five players in double figures, um, like I said. Led, uh, led by Buddy, Buddy Love. Um, another, you know, the unsung hero of this one as well was uh, Willie Cauley-Stein. Didn't really play um, on Marcus Gasol as much because of foul trouble and we were trying Bagley and, uh, you know, everyone else, Harry Giles, um, for like five, all of five seconds on Marcus Gasol. But I think Willie Cauley-Stein really, you know, set the tone as far as he, he was physical, which was yeah. good to see because he's, you know, shies away from the contact every once in a while. Yeah, definitely something that I'd wish he was more consistent on. Um, but, yeah, overall, good win. Let's, uh, let's well, And a win on the road, you take it any, you know, anyway. Exactly, you get, especially so. in the middle of this road trip. Exactly, the, you know, not the nicest road trip. So let's move on to uh, Los Angeles on Sunday. Yeah, this one kind was... of go quick on this one. Uh, it's it's not there isn't a lot there. The, the Clippers came out strong, real strong. You know, Patrick but... Beverly had eleven points in like the first six minutes, and he averages seven on on the you know on on the season. Yeah, and in by halftime it was a seventeen point game. Cut it down to a bit closer near near the end of the game, but yeah, we got it within five with about. You know, nine ten minutes left. But playing from behind, especially when you're playing down twenty, is never a way to win. So a hundred percent agreed. I think the other thing is, that, you know, in the NBA, I think you gotta have the sense of pride. Like if you're down twenty five in the yeah. second quarter, yeah, you might as well just walk off because you're you're not putting in the effort. There's, yeah, I, I, what, that, I I get it. 
you know, you can lose a game by 25. That's mm-hmm. completely fine. But that early in a contest, there's yeah. no way that, that, like we said, the sieve defense, like Grant Napier called it, the matador defense. Yeah. It, it was very frustrating to watch. Um, I think, like, again, we're going to highlight this one. Iman Shumpert, we don't know what's going on in the personal life, but the slump is real. He had a decent second half shooting, but a plus-minus of minus 25. Mm-hmm. A, something that is he's very consistent with up until this road trip. Yeah, I mean, even even against, uh, I think it was Memphis, he didn't have his best game, scored only one point. He still had a plus-minus of positive, like, nine. Agreed, yeah. So it's, it's, it's kind of different to see him that deep in the negatives. Um, I mean... This game was just frustrating all around. Mm-hmm. I think there's really not a lot to take away from it other than it's it's been a long road trip. We we came across probably a better team and really just didn't show up. Yeah, I think this was the one where um the I think the one positive is De'Aaron looked pretty good uh as far as Shot selection. Three-pointer wasn't falling. Led the team in scoring. So. Yeah, he... Like, yeah, led the team scoring with 21. Um, Three-pointer wasn't falling, so he hit the paint. And mm-hmm. really, like we said, the rest kind of came in clutch for D-Fox because he was able to run up the court at 100%, you know, not 75% like previous, uh, previous games in the road trip. Mm-hmm. This was... Uh, Again, credit where credit's due. This this was a decent game for Marvin Bagley. He only played 20 minutes, but had 14 points, three blocks, five boards. Um, and that's all that's all we want him to do out there. Is yeah, kind of hold it down when when he's out there. Don't don't give up too much to the opposing team's bigs, and hopefully play a little defense. Get a get a couple boards. Yeah, you know, I think this was um, create a couple extra possessions on offense. And this is, yeah, this is something, too, that is kind of goes, you know, gets swept under the rug, is we've talked about a little bit. It's just how Justin Jackson, like, you know, we keep saying this. We'll get into this later. We actually will. We'll get into yeah, all of it We'll later. return to all of this. But how Justin Jackson, when he's even when he's not scoring, mm-hmm. is still doing something to help the team. Dude went 0 for 4 from the field, but he still had a plus minus of plus 7 because... He's, he's a just, pretty solid defender. Yeah, and he he, he gives the team uh, a different spacing on offense. He he really is just a kind of an interesting three and D guy, mm-hmm. and I think that's what we want him to become an elite three and D guy in the future. So the difference in this one was the kind of inside out lineup that the Clippers run, mm-hmm. where. Their bench are their starters in this odd kind of twilight zone lineup that Doc Rivers has. So it's really it's really spaced well. I mean, yeah. they, they they run Tobias Harris starting, and he's obviously a, a very good player. Um, but then their bench is Danilo, and it has uh, Danilo was out tonight, but normally he yeah, is. yeah. But it also has uh, Lou Will, sixth man like, and uh, you know they, there's. There's teams that have worse starting lineups than this team's bench. So, it's definitely a tough one. Yeah, the the monster off the bench was Montrez Harrell. A dude's really perfected, kind of, he knows his role, and I've been, he's I've been saying this, been saying this since I saw him play at Golden 1 a year ago. Dude is way underrated, super efficient, definitely yeah. somebody that, I mean, I think he was a free agent last year, mm-hmm. but definitely somebody that that would be signed to maybe a... Eight to twelve million dollar deal that would immediately impact any team. Yeah, so very Igadala like. Correct. Yeah, that's actually a good a good way. Or to Or even put Sean it. Livingston, but it is a big. Yeah, I mean, because Sean Livingston, dudes never miss like a fifteen footer yeah. in his whole life. Montrez Harrell is like super efficient. Like you said, he was eleven for thirteen in this one, and shot seventy five percent from the free throw line. That's up from his mid sixty season percentage. He had twenty five points. Seven boards and was really just too much for us from start to finish. I mm-hmm. mean, start is relative because he doesn't. Yeah, but he should be on yeah, any mean, other team. Uh, he's. I think he's behind what Toby. That's the the only reason he's not starting is because they have a top ten. Yeah. Uh, 
small forward, power forward in Tobias Harris. But they also run like a weird three point guard type of thing. Well, I guess yeah. Bradley's he doesn't pay point, but he handles the ball. He does, and it, he he's so it's Shea Gilgis, Patrick Beverly, defensive point guard, and then. Avery Bradley, another defensive guard. So Yeah, defensive point guard, except against us, because he had 16 points and shot 50%, 5 for 10. Classic Patrick. P-Bev. Also had 10 rebounds and 8 assists. Dude almost put up a, like, a solid triple-double against us. Which is nuts. So, anyways, this game so kind si- of... Yeah, so Civ defense. No yeah. more of that. And, uh... So that's the week in review. We were 1-3... Yeah. Um, which dropped us to 500. That's a sentence I thought I would never get tired of. I'm actually sick of it. These are games we could and should be winning. It, it's happened the whole year. I mean, how much can I really complain? But it, it is. It's it's a little frustrating. It's. I just want... This is all I want for Christmas. No. All I want is, like we said, I want 40 minutes of good basketball. I don't even want 48 but in like in these types of games, I don't even get one solid quarter mm-hmm. of good of good basketball. So that's I think that's just what's the most frustrating. All right, this is this is a question to to end this last week. What what is worse in your mind? Consistent losing seasons of twenty to twenty five wins. Mm-hmm. You know, 10 seasons of 20 to 25 wins like we've seen. Or a season where we're 500 and you know we should be above 500. What is more frustrating? You know, I'd say the second one, if it wasn't this season, just because this season we don't have our draft pick. If we did, if we had our draft pick, it'd be way more frustrating because we could either be in the playoffs or be intentionally... Sorry, Adam Silver, tanking uh, to like to the, get that good draft like the pick. Knicks. Yeah, so I, I think this season's kind of an anomaly without that draft pick. It's it's a completely different beast. But if if it were any other season, I'd definitely say that being five hundred would be frustrating. Um, yeah, I don't know how these other team, how these other fan bases do it, honestly, because I think for me, it's like if you know going into the season, like you know, we have our whole these this whole last decade is we're not going to make the playoffs. So let's just get out there and ruin someone else's playoff chances. That's at least how it's been in my mind. I that's that's fun in its own right, you mm-hmm. know? You can you you can sleep well at night knowing that you just ruined someone else's season. You, you also just have lower expectations. Exactly, but now you're like ruining your own season. Yeah. So like I'm just I watch this Clippers game and I, you know, I I lie in bed after the game like I honestly I don't know how these other fan bases do it. Like especially mm-hmm. someone like um uh who's the one? The Minnesota. Pe- that's what I was just about to say. The team, yeah, we were just talking about this. Minnesota S- underperforming but still like almost at the 500 mark. Yeah. And they just beat this, you know, huge playoff drought. It's or like, ooh, here's another team. Like honestly, this isn't even this is a whole different beast. Is Toronto yeah, that I th- those fans honestly hats off to them. I hate the team, but I mean at least they're getting to the playoffs, getting somewhat deep into the playoffs. There, as long as you make playoffs, I think it's different than being consistently a thirty plus, maybe even low forties, but missing the playoffs team. Um, anyway, let's look ahead to next week. Let's do it. Two games. Yeah, really both weird. Back at Golden One. Thank God. And a lot of practice time for the lads. First up, the guaranteed win by yours truly. And Ben just jinxed it. Atlanta. No, we're, we're winning this game. This is If we don't win this game, tattoos getting removed. Um, so we, <laughs> we, we see Atlanta at home. Atlanta still is in the bottom, like what, four in the east? Yeah, they're terrible. They're, uh, they're competing with Chicago, New York, and Cleveland for that worst spot in the east. A real hot race at this point. Um, they have improved over the last couple months. Trey Young's becoming his own. Torian Prince has always looked good, but they are looking at being sellers at the trade deadline. Um, I yeah. think all of this kind of combined bodes well for the Kings, especially them back at home. Couple days of practice before Wednesday's game. Uh, yeah, I think it, it should be a win. It, I, it really should be a win. And if it's not. 
let's let's just you know chalk up the rest of the season. Who cares? Like if we can't win this game, there's no reason to even play the rest of these games. Th- that's what this is so frustrating for me. Is like, sure, there's teams we're not gonna beat, and I understand that. But there's also teams that like we should we should win this game by at least 15 points. Yeah, and these these are kind of the games this season that we've seen. It's the Kings. Got... The Kings really do well against teams that they should do well against. Exactly, and they get in their own head against teams that are better. Exactly. So I it's, think we, we this one especially we it's the rest. Mm-hmm. We got a couple days off. Yeah, we don't play till Wednesday, and we we've often come out really hot. It's at days home, like that. and it's against Atlanta. Yeah. So that's kind of all we got to say. Tickets seventeen bucks. I know it's a Wednesday, but after you know after the game, you could go to Badlands. On the K Street for dollar shots from eleven to twelve, a um, frequent patron of this place, I hear, because you guys know I've never been. Wink, wink. Buddy Healed shows up for the dollar shots. So yeah, and with no games until what Saturday after yeah, that, you never know. He might be there. Buddy loves out uh, out on the prowl at dollar shots. And uh, let's move on to Saturday's game. So this is one of those games where, like, if we lose, I get it. Yeah, we're it's not, definitely. We are not as we're playing Philly, and we're not at their level. They yeah. got some ballers. They're 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 a top what top three team in the East. They're slated to be in uh, this at least to the semifinals of the Eastern Conference, maybe to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, if they made probably, it to the East, no, if they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, I would not be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised either. They're really an interesting team that's added to their talent this season by adding. Butler halfway through the season. It's our first time seeing them this year. Um, I I really could see this game going either way, but more than likely I see it as a as a as a loss. Yeah, it's the only like I said, the only thing we got going for us is again we have that extra day off because we play Wednesday Saturday instead of Wednesday Friday, mm-hmm. and it's at home. So it's like that prime time, but we're not getting it on national TV because we get like two of those a year. Yeah. Um. It's like that primetime matchup where if we just come out and neutralize, you know, one of the really if you just three-headed monster, if you can neutralize Embiid, I was he's just gonna, the hardest to stop out of the three. Yeah, I was without I, a doubt. I was if you can neutralize either Simmons or Embiid or I think Embiid, Embiid, yeah, I think Jimmy Jimmy Butler, we can let him have his twenty. Simmons, we can let his let him have his fifteen to seventeen, and if we can slow down Embiid. With the rest of their forwards, which is very, very thin this year, um, I think the the chances that we win is a lot higher. Look out for JJ torching us in that yeah. one. That really would be an interesting, good battle here, actually. JJ versus your boy Buddy. A um, couple of three-point snipers. So it'll be an interesting one to watch. If you can go, get there, get in the seats, be loud. And uh, let's move on to... Everybody's favorite segment, yeah. what city, what song. All right, so Atlanta. This is, you know, the... the uh, Hosting the, of the Super Bowls. Yeah, exactly. This is the, the mecca of modern rap music. I, I would I would say that's a uh, not, a, not a stretch by any means. So that's kind of where I'm going with it. Um, I'm picking Jeezy, formerly Young Jeezy. Always be Young Jeezy to me. Um, there were a couple songs. I was thinking about just picking The Recession, the whole album. That's 2008's, uh, straight top-to-bottom bangers from Young Jeezy. Just like the stock market, top-to-bottom bangers in 2008. Yep, The Recession, of course. But, so, I was thinking about picking Put On, because that's just, like, such a classic. But I'm moving away from that, because, like, I had to go with the Akon collab. Mm -hmm. So I'm picking Soul Survivor. Great one. And... Why? Because it's, like, kind of the perfect song. It's got, like, the hardened voice of Jeezy and the kind of, like, I wouldn't Beautifully say... Beautifully auto-tuned? So- yeah. It's like, it's like a soulful auto-tune mm-hmm. of Akon. And, you know, it's just a good message for the kids. So, that's my pick. Yeah. Uh, I went with a, a, an actual classic. TLC's Waterfalls. Mm. Uh, because if we don't win this game... We should stop chasing the waterfalls of playoffs and trade away and get as many assets as possible before yep. the trade deadline. Not a bad move or pick. So, that was Atlanta. 
And the second game of two, it's kind of odd, but nonetheless, like we said, Philly. Lots of, lots of music there, too, honestly, if you really get in there and look. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking about picking Meek Mill, Young Kings, like, because obvious, but yeah. I'm picking Lil Dicky Sports, because he's rocking the J-Well jersey in the music video. It's a great one. And anyone who knows me knows that, like, a good random reference of any, any of the major North American sports is, really gets me going. So... That's why I picked it, because that's the whole song. Don't get it confused with We Like Sports by The Lonely Island. Which is... Another great one. Which is also a song I know every word to. So, uh, yeah, my choice was End of the Road by Boys the Men. Of course. Because, I mean, we're, we're likely going to lose, <laughs> and it'll likely signal the, the real end of the road for the Kings' playoff hopes this year. Um, we, we have kind of the toughest stretch of our season through February... And uh, we're, we're probably going to create some space with playoff play, uh, playoff teams mm-hmm. and ourselves after this game. But who knows? You who know? knows? But because also, boys, the men, great. Yeah, always. yeah. Because I mean, if you put it like that, then no one's going to tune in because we're just losing. Yeah. We got to keep them involved. You know, it's true. So, so we are. You know, we'll win this game. I'm not going to guarantee it, but two um two winnable games. So until very winnable games, especially at home. Like I said. Like, yeah, two winnable games at home until next week when we have a whole new set of cities and a whole new set of songs for you. Now on to league news. Uh, if you haven't been following it, the All-Star Race... Yeah, if you've been living under a rock... Yeah, it, it has officially... We're living in a rock. ...closed. Uh, they've announced the All-Star starters, which from the West include Paul George, Kevin... Good for him. Good yeah. for Paul George. Paul George, great season. Kevin, uh, Kevin Durant, not Kevin Garnett. Uh, LeBron Kevin, James. Kevin Garnett could still uh, Kevin Garnett could still be an All Star. Wouldn't doubt if it. he came back. That dude's a freak of nature. I don't know he did have a very unproductive season with Minnesota his last year, so maybe not. Uh, Steph Curry, James Harden, and LeBron James, the West captain, and from the East there is Giannis, uh, and I don't know the rest. Okay, so the rest is Joel Embiid, Kyrie Irving. Uh, cardiac Kemba. Oh, that's it. And yeah, no, no, we're one missing more. one more. Who is it? Oh, Kawhi. How do we? How do Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Well, he switched conferences, so that was tough. But so, we figured it out. We got all ten. Yeah. So how that works? This is this was actually I didn't know this is how it worked. I thought they switched it up for like the sixth year in a row. So it's actually very similar to last year. Yeah. Except the draft will be televised. Which so, will be will very fun for everyone involved. Should have televised last year. So basically how it works is you can only pick um, three... No, you can only pick four starters. Yeah. And, and then you can pick the rest of your lineup. Correct. So, yeah, you're going to be rounded out with a, a bunch of solid talent because... It's the all-star game. Well, that's what I'm saying. Among, well, obviously. That's how it works. What I was getting to is that... Players like Anthony Davis, who are having monster seasons, yeah. weren't starters. Jokic, not yeah, starting. Not Might not starting. even make the team. He's making it. Really would doubt it if he didn't make it. Um, but, yeah, there, there'll be a ton of talent there. No Kings announced yet. Uh, we'll see we'll if that, that continues. Team news. But in in a bit of team news, still kind of league news, uh, uh, for, for All-Star Friday night, yep. we have uh, De'Aaron and... Bagley playing for Team USA and Bogdan playing for Team World in the Rising Stars Challenge. So hopefully the jerseys look a little cooler so we could all go out and rock those because last year's jerseys... The orange was gross it, it, and the it MLPS wasn't nice either. Yeah, that was like, gee, man. So, and then for All-Star Saturday night, we have De'Aaron Fox in the skills competition and... Uh, Buddy in the three-point competition. And we're going to... It's not going to happen, but we're saying it'd be fun to have Bagley and Sprite slam dunk. I, it, he's... He, we've all heard about that double jump. So, let's let's see it. Everybody write to Sprite. Get him in the dunk contest. Um, so, now let's get into our team news for the week. We have a bunch of little stats pulled up for the first 50 games of the season. Yeah, we thought this was a good... Uh, a well, good bit of analysis here. Yeah, I mean, 50 games, like we said. We've been doing this all throughout. We did it 30, we did it 40, why not? Let's do it at 50. 
So for De'Aaron Fox, he is currently 26th in the league of players playing that have played majority of the games. It's about over 30 or so games um, and have played a lot of minutes in those games with over 20, 25 minutes. He is currently ranked 26th when it comes to assist ratio, which is how many possessions ends in a De'Aaron Fox assist. Pretty solid out of point guards. Um, pretty solid altogether. Definitely some room for improvement behind guys like Russell Westbrook, Ricky Rubio, Lonzo Ball, and Ben Simmons. But getting up there with some of these elite passers, elite guard talent. Um, similarly, turnover assist to turnover ratio has a bit more work to do. Very average right now at uh, 37th. In terms of guards, um, just a shade behind Ben Simmons, who is .01 uh, assists more than, or assist to turnovers more than De'Aaron. Um, so basically what this is saying is that De'Aaron Fox is like getting into that elite category as far as possessions that end in assists, but he's turning the ball over a, still a decent amount. Exactly. Which, which, you know, if you look around the league, like... That's that's not necessarily a terrible thing. A lot of great players have high volume turnovers because they handle the ball so much. But it's really those you know those next level players that that curb the turnovers. Unless your name's Steph Curry and you can kind of just shoot you know yourself out of a paper bag. Exactly. So uh, our next stat is looking at players, rookies specifically, uh, and comparing their defensive rating. So currently, Marvin Bagley third is 24th in uh, defensive rating, which means that when he is on the court, they give up currently 109.5 points average uh, behind guys such as Dante DiVincenzo, leading the league in defensive rating. Not too surprising as that Milwaukee team is defensively very sound. But other guys such as Svi Mikaliuk, uh, hardest name in the league. Great for great. Svi Mikhailu. Yeah. Luca, Mo Bamba, Wendell Carter Jr., and Omari Spellman from Atlanta. Um, so this but is, yeah, currently uh, a couple places ahead of Harry Giles and DeAndre Ayton. So, so pretty, this was, pretty promising. Yeah, th- this was one of the ones I looked at, and no one talked about Bagley's defense. They even talked about it negatively in the mm-hmm. pre-draft report. This was something that I think his... When you watch it, you know, live, your, your two eyes are focused in on every, you know, movement that Marvin Bagley makes because mm-hmm. he's the rookie under the microscope, and it doesn't look great, like, ever. But the stats say that the defense is, like, trending in the right direction. Yeah, and, and it's common with bigs. It takes them a couple years to get to that league average defensive rating. All that matters is he's ahead of DeAndre Ayton. Exactly. And that's that's very promising, especially because he doesn't have some of the physical gifts that DeAndre Ayton has. Yeah, he doesn't have those wide shoulders. So hopefully he'll continue to improve and be in an elite defender eventually in the league. On the offensive end, he is much more promising at 13th in the league, although he is behind guys such as, again, Dante DiVincenzo, the Villanova GOAT, Yep. Um, Luka Doncic, Aaron Holiday, uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. But he is currently the highest center forward in the league that is a rookie. So that is a very promising sign. Um, DeAndre Ayton is about two points behind him. So I think... Uh, Where's Trey Young at? Right behind DeAndre Ayton. All right. So right also at one of the three... Bagley's at 105.4 points per 100 possessions. So I think uh, right now it's looking like Bagley is a very promising young guy. Yeah, it's looking like on both ends of the ball he's just better than DeAndre Ayton. So yeah, that's so tight. very promising for the future. Uh, but here's here's a question. Do you think he should be a starter? In what... Okay, so in what five... That's up for you to decide, just in general, should he be a starter? Uh, I'll say no, but it's a very, it's a 49% yes, and a 51% no. Mm-hmm. 
Because if you want to throw him, like we said, at the five over someone like Willie Cauley-Stein, which we can get into as far as analytics yeah, goes, I think, I I think mean, Marvin could be um, in a, a solid lineup with... Who did we say? It was... The, the obvious, five was... Obviously, it's Fox and Heel. Yeah, De'Aaron at the one. Fo- uh, Fox at the two. Uh, Buddy at the two. At the three, I would propose J-Jax yeah, to take is, over this for... This is like the future Shumper. of the league lineup. Exactly. And really the future of the Kings. Number four, Nemanja. He's a great defender. He puts up numbers sporadically, but still is overall a positive uh, net defender. Or net player? Yeah, he's he's our he's he's our most uh, most positive net player. That's played in volume minutes. The most positive is Frank Mason, but he hasn't played enough minutes really. Oh, so I'm forward. Yeah, and number five at the five, I'd like to see Bagley. Um, kind of unconventional because of his height, but I think his jump makes up for a lot of that. Yeah, agreed. And I'm not saying like this is we're anywhere close to this, but I mean, the, if you look at the Warriors, which like is obviously, like we keep saying, it's the benchmark everyone's trying to, you know, that, that point everyone's trying to attain. Yeah. Is they their lineup is very interesting as far as height, which mm-hmm. at this point in, you know, modern NBA, that doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, that closing lineup with Draymond at the five is more effective than, than you'd expect. So uh, I think it might be time to start experimenting with that. Uh, maybe if you're, if you're sold on not re-signing Willie this summer or... Trying to see who offers and maybe making him a backup might I think, be an interesting role for him. I think especially this this is the one thing where making the playoffs would be huge for the franchise. But if at any point it seems like that's not going to happen, if we start losing games that we should be winning, if we lose to Atlanta and I have to get my tattoo removed, you know, if we're losing to Phoenix at home on February 10th, and it's looking like, you know, the playoffs are a super, super long shot. The last 15 games of the year, this would be a lineup I would love to see. Mm-hmm. Just to lead into next year. Especially if we're just, like, I mean, like you said, out of playoff position. Just just give the guys a run. We have Nemanja for three years if we don't trade him. So definitely, or two years? Yeah. We have him for an extended period. So give this a run and see how it looks. I think it'll yield positive results. Agreed. Um, the last bit of stats that we have for this week. Uh, so this is the uh, the new NBA the three yeah. point line analytics. The, my love hate relationship with the three point line on the season. Uh, our benchmark is a very high benchmark. We have Steph Curry's season as catch and shoot threes and pull up threes. On catch and shoots, he shoots almost forty six percent. Very very. Good. Nuts. One of the best in the league. And on uh, pull-up threes, he shoots 43%, which is actually insane. Uh, for for our two gunners, Bogdan and Buddy, Bogdan on the season has shot 38% or 39% on catch and shoot. But, really solid. And 32, 32.5% on pull-ups. This is a... This, see, this was something I wanted to look at because if he's running the second team and the ball movement is not anywhere close to perfect. Yeah, and it, it's really it, far behind the start. It's very far behind. So I, I just wanted to look at this to say, should Bogdan bring the ball up the court pull up every other possession? The stats say not exactly, but it wouldn't be a terrible move either. It really wouldn't. I mean, he's shooting just around 30, 33%, which is... One in every three. It's a very average play. It's obviously not the best option, but it's not the worst option either. Like we were saying, when you know, when we give the ball to Bagley down low and the offense is very stagnant and it's just kind of like the the, the spacing's weird. You you want you think in your head, I would rather just have you know them pull up. Honestly, I'd rather just see those two run a pick and roll every single time time down. A hundred percent. But for some reason, that never happens. Yeah. Um. On on the other hand, we have Buddy Heald. Who has shot forty nine percent on catch and shoots, which is ridiculous. We need to find him more on catch and shoots, uh, and forty percent on pull ups, which is also pretty elite. This kind of just shows that Buddy is big like Clay, and he shoots like Steph. Yeah, I mean, he's the future I, of the league. This is where, like, I I'm I feel bad for ever doubting Buddy Love. Yeah, but there was a point there where I was like, 
not a fan. And and I'll, this is where I'll I'll admit to it that I just this goes out to you, buddy. Love. I am sorry I ever doubted you because this season. I mean, and who knows if he can replicate it even the rest of the season or next year or or Into whatever. The future, but. I think as far as this season goes, the pull-up style of, sh- of, sh- of shooting with the first unit is not the offense I want to run. Not at all. But it, this is what I was leading into. The catch-and-shoot type of thing is the work Buddy puts in off the ball, and we all hear about it. That is where he is the most effective. Yeah, he's sixth in the league in total distance run uh, above Clay Thompson, who is 11th. So he's definitely putting in work on on that side of the ball, maybe a little less so on defense, but it's yeah. really really a promising thing to see. That's the thing where Clay Thompson is a lockdown defender when yeah, he wants absolutely. to be. Absolutely. Um, another interesting thing to note around these stats in the last eleven days since this road trip has started, Bogdan has shot under thirty percent on catch and shoots, which is highlighting that that kind of cold streak he's been in, yeah. that slump he's been in. And 25% on pull-up threes, both well below their his seeds and averages. On the other hand, you have Buddy Heald, who's shot 64% on catch-and-shoot threes during this road trip, which is incredible. And shot 50% on pull-up threes, both kind of highlighting how insane he's he's been on this road trip, with the peak being that win in uh, Detroit. Mm-hmm. So, hopefully... The Motor City... Miracle. Hopefully, Buddy can continue to sustain this level of production throughout the season and into the future. Yeah, I'm thinking more of like seasons to come because yeah. I think he'll be able to sustain it. I mean, there's only 32 games left. Yeah. So it's going to take an insane drop off to really make me not trust his ability. Yeah. But late, you know, next year when we win when we win the finals, um, I think Buddy's winning Finals MVP. So now, just to kind of close things out, we have a little lightning round discussion about potential trade or free agency targets uh, for the rest of the season and into the offseason. You want to explain how this is going to work? Yeah, so you're going to hit me with a bunch of names, and basically I'm going to say if I would like to trade for this player, if I would like to give something up on the current roster, I'm going to say trade. If I would like to wait it out and try to make a play for this player in free agency, I'm going to say free agency. And if I hate this player, you know, for one reason or another, um, either personally or professionally, I'm just going to say no. Uh, And a lot of these players have been mentioned or have been made available by their teams. Um, A lot of them have also been just around trade rumors all season. Yeah, and so, I don't think any of these dudes are like real huge superstars. There's a lot of great, great, great players. Who yeah, wrong. No, no one's definitely taking your team from twenty and twenty and sixty and making them a five hundred team in a year. But they are pretty good, maybe even above a role player. Yeah, but not quite, you know, a, a star. All right. So, so. Uh, let's let's start it off. We have No Vonley from the New York Knicks. Um, what, what do you think? I'm gonna say free agency. Right. Keep going. Harrison Barnes. No. Nick Batum. This one's tough. Um, I hate the guy, but I'm gonna say free agency. I don't. I. I don't think I trade anything for him. What about Michael Kidd Gilchrist? Again, like we said, this one's tough. I. I. I would trade. I would trade something for him. I see. With this one, he is behind Batum at, at in Charlotte, so I think we could get him on a discount too. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Simmons out of Orlando. Uh, no. Free agency or no? Yeah. Uh, Torian Prince in Atlanta. Again, this is between the, the, the trade and the free agency. Very tough. Lightning round. Uh, eeny, meeny, miny trade. Uh, Otto Porter Jr. I'd wait it out. I don't know. This one, this is, this is always in the trade talks. I'd wait it out. Stanley Johnson. Trade. No, free, free agency. Yeah, I don't think his shot's good yeah. enough to, to free, trade. Free agency. Uh, Wilson Chandler. Th- this not is, Tyson. Chandler. Yeah, no, this I, I would trade for him. Yeah, uh, here's here's an interesting one. No. Lonzo Ball. <laughs> no. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. Putting my head before my heart. 
man, this dude's contract's outrageous. Um, I would say free agency, but actually no, I just say no. I'd yeah. say no. Uh, Inez Cantor, wanted criminal of Turkey. <laughs> yeah. Um, if he's not dead by one way, you know, by one way or another next season, I, or you know, in the seasons to come, I'd say free agency. Although this would be one of those things where the trade, if it would involve the, you know, the uh, what's his name, Ben Macmore. Well, that tr- that oh, him too for sure. But um, the uh, the Zebos of the world. Yeah. But yeah, other than that, other than Ben Macmore, Zebo, maybe Kufis, love Costa, but Inez Cantor, I'd say free agency. Uh, Rodney Hood. I would say trade. Yeah, I, this I was think, someone. I, this is someone we could get for like kind of next to cents nothing. on the dollar. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and last, Mark Gasol. Oh, this one's really tough. I'm gonna just gonna say no. Yeah, I just don't think he fits with yeah. our team very well. I love Mark Gasol though. Well, that's it for this week's trade talk. Uh, if you like what you're listening to, please again give us that rating and review and. Like we said last week, it's a pyramid scheme. Bring in two friends, or else we're not going to be able to pay you back. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we don't have any conspiracies because, uh, you know, the government told us to stop doing that. The government's back in, in so they had a, that was their number one topic yeah. before they paid everyone. So, uh, yeah, catch us next week. We'll see you then. That's it for this week. Until next time. Thanks for listening, and go Kings.